I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals you. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hello Rush Nation. After a very long week 12, we have finally made it to week 13. As has been the case since week 6, myself and Pitsy are here with Fast Action Friday to try and help you secure your playoff berth or even get that elusive bye week. Yes, there's so many things that could happen. I think last week Murph was talking about clinching weekend, but it kind of ended up as clinching week. <laughs> it was so long, so long. Anyway, after a week's switcheroo, uh, last week's switcheroo, there was still some changes to the schedule this week. Uh, as we know, there was no Thursday night game last night, and now we have a Monday doubleheader and a Tuesday night game to keep people hanging on to see if they've made it into the title bowl rather than the toilet bowl. As if last week wasn't bad enough for waiting for results. We've got to do the same this week. Granted, it's not as long, but yeah, still a Wednesday morning wait to see everything change. Mm. And I don't know about you, but I really like a Monday doubleheader. You know, when it happened the first time, I was like, I'm really enjoying this. So I'm glad it's come around again. Obviously, not for the right reasons, but um, you know, having two games on a Monday is going to be very exciting. Anyway, this episode of Fast Action Friday should give you some very useful information and stats to get the most out of your team and potentially assist with any waiver wire decisions. Yep, so to help you out, we'll start off with the injury report, as always. Daniel Jones, he limped off and on again, and then back off again against the Bengals. 
Uh, Colt McCoy came in to take the helm and the Giants stuttered their way to a win after that. He didn't practice this Wednesday and looked like a hamstring injury on the day. And that's what the preliminary reports have said. I will be fading in most leagues, if I can, the New York Giants receivers that I've got. So Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Golden Tate, simply because a little bit like the Bengals last time, we didn't know how the quarterback who came in was going to do with him. It just turns out that the Bengals quarterback did a little bit better. I'm not quite so sure about Colt McCoy just yet. Hopefully he's got a few practices this week to get used to the wide receivers at the Giants, get a bit of rapport there. But I'm not quite sure. I still think he's a downgrade from Jones. So I'm going to be fading most where I can. All right. So now on to DJ Moore. He had a non-contact injury when reaching for a ball in the end zone. Look quite serious, but the x-rays have come back negative. So coach Matt Rule has not yet ruled out more for the week 14 match. Luckily, Moore is on a bye week this week and it's one to monitor. He has not had the best consistent season as he's been up, he's been down. Uh, just as though he seemed to be getting some form back, this injury's come along. Hopefully the bye week will get him back into a position where he might be able to play. But you've got Kurt Samuel, you've got Robbie Anderson, you've got a few others who might be able to drop in as well. I, I still like the rest of the receiving core there, particularly Anderson. He seems to have finally found a groove and he got a touchdown in the last few weeks as well. Fingers crossed they will be uh, good to go for week 14. Yeah, you seem to uh, get a few weapons in that offense in uh, Carolina now. So hopefully yeah, he'll come back and then you can improve. Right, next up, Philip Lindsay. He looked to suffer a knee injury in the game. Lindsay was on a little bit of a roll with his extra carrying work in the absence of the, dev- the quarterback. Uh, the injury stopped at and he didn't practice on Wednesday as a result. Tricky situation for Lindsay to be in as well, even if he does come back. There's, there's plenty of factors that are going to limit his fantasy value, his sharing time. You know, the injuries he's already had to this season and his lack of involvement in the passing game has been a problem as well. Melvin Gordon seems to be getting a little bit more of that too. Royce Freeman seemed to do not too bad in his dual role as a quarterback slash uh, running back last week. He should benefit from from this injury if Lindsay doesn't come back straight away. Yep, uh, we've got a few quick mentions too now, so keep an eye on a few of these. Swift, uh, he's not feeling great. That's down to an illness and not the concussion. I think he's out of the pro- protocol now, but he's now down as illness, so just one to watch on that one. Carlos Hyde was left out of Thursday's practice with a toe injury, so it looks to be all buns glazing for Chris Carson this week, as Carson had a limited practice on Thursday. Debo Samuel held out of practice as a precaution, so something to keep tabs on as the weekend progresses. I think that's to try and reduce his workload, but still one to keep an eye on. AJ Brown has had the same. He has missed practices as well just to keep himself on the right side of fitness, but he didn't practice on Thursday because of his hip. He has missed practice in the past, but this hip hit listing is something new for fantasy managers to keep an eye on. Josh Jacobs hasn't practiced for two days in a row now due to his ankle. So again, another to keep an eye on for the weekend. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire held out of practice with an illness, luckily non-COVID related. So we're going to see how he suits up on the weekend, but there's still Lev Bell there who can fill in as an adequate backup. Talking of COVID protocol, Ravens won't say if Jackson will be out of the protocol in time for the game on Tuesday. So that's again, one to watch. On to the Falcons. Julio Jones, Hayden Hurst and Todd Gurley did not practice on Thursday after all had limited practices on Wednesday. The Falcons could be exercising caution, but it's worth noting that Gurley and Jones both missed last week's game. And finally, Joe Burrow has had his operation. Everything went as planned, so now it's time for rest and rehab and hopefully we'll get him back uh, near the start of next season. Mm. Right. 
We move on to our weak points. So this is who is the top of the pile for a position who uh, gets scored on quite a lot. So this week we start with quarterbacks. Who's at the top of the pile? We have got the Seahawks at the top of the pile this week. So even though they had a fairly decent game against the Eagles, the Falcons, who were at the top, shut out any non-field goal scoring and gave Derek Carr and the Raiders a torrid time. And that has caused the Seahawks to jump to the top. However... The matchup seemed to be favourable for both the top two teams this week. The Seahawks have got the Giants, who, as we know, could be without Daniel Jones. Colt McCoy is a definite downgrade at the position, so this could favour the Seahawks when it comes to defending against quarterbacks. He hasn't had any time on the ball besides last week, and Seattle seemed to be finding their defensive feet at the right time of the season. Atlanta have the Saints, who are still relying on Taysom Hill and the running game. And as a result, there's been a huge drop in Alvin Kamara's involvement in the past game. And really, only Michael Thomas has any considerable involvement in the passing game last week. So I want to look at the Jaguars, who are in third place. And they've actually conceded more passing touchdowns than the Seahawks. They face the Vikings this week. Now, there's been a lot of talk about Cousins being slightly hit and miss this season. He certainly started as a miss. But Cousins has only seen one interception since the bye week and 12 passing touchdowns. And he's made over 300 yards in the last two games. And you have to remember that was without Adam Thielen last week. One name that stood out in Thielen's absence was BC Johnson. He caught all his seven targets for 74 yards. Thielen has been cleared off the COVID list, so I'd expect that to drop straight away, especially since Justin Jefferson is making a late push for offensive rookie of the year. But at least we know now that Johnson can do a job if he's called on. Did you see Adam Thielen uh, celebrating the touchdown with his uh, family in his in his home? That was pretty cool. I liked seeing that. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Sadly, it was against the Panthers, but it, it, there was some real passion there, wasn't there? Yeah, no, it was good to see. Right, on to points to the running backs. Uh, still the Detroit Lions, another week at the top. They couldn't even stop Duke Johnson and CG Procise from scoring. However, we may see some changes now that Matt Patricia has been let go. They faced the Bears this week, and we saw a revitalised David Montgomery come in his uh, for his first 100-yard game of the season. Can he repeat that feat against the Lions? If the Bears' defence holds up against the offence, then maybe. There might be more action with the Colts against the Texans. Jonathan Taylor is back in the squad, but there's healthy competition in the backfield for those touches with Naheem Hines and Jordan Wilkins. Uh, the goal line rushes for touchdown from Jacoby Brissett might take a little shine off this, but we have to consider that Hines has got three passing touchdowns since the return from the bye week, and Taylor got the best run out of a long time against the Packers in week 11. Mm, yeah, so I have a fun fact about Jonathan Taylor. So if you take all the players who have made the equivalent of at least one one completion in a game, so that's 12 games, 12 completions. Jonathan Taylor is only one of five players to have a completion ratio of 90% or above. He has caught 26 of 28 passes. And he's also got the second highest yards after the catch per reception. So 11.2 yards per completion after the catch. Just below your boy Debo Samuel as well, who's got 12.9 on average. Love Debo, love Debo. But yeah, John, Jonathan Taylor, that last game when before he went down with, was it COVID that he's been out with? Yes. Yeah, it was such a shame that he wasn't able to then stack up a couple of back-to-back games of kind of getting back into the swing of things. So, yeah, hopefully this week he can show what he's made of and, and smash it. I think that's been a problem for a lot of people. There's been They've had a good game and then something else has come along to stop them in the tracks and it takes a while for them to warm back up again. Yeah. So, uh, points to wide receivers. And again, like the quarterbacks, the Seahawks still top the list. And they have managed to send the flow again. 
but the yards are still creeping up. Now, last week I said that there was a gap of just below 10 fantasy points, but that gap is continuing to narrow. So after the performance against the Eagles, that gap stands at just above eight fantasy points now. So it's still going down. However, just like last week, they are still out in front with the most receptions conceded, the most yards and the most touchdowns. This week is a tough one as none of the teams facing the top four defences have their starting quarterback. So you've got Baker Mayfield and the Browns who are facing the fifth worst team, which is the Titans. And it's likely that Cleveland are going to be playing their way back into the game in this one. Jarvis Landry had his best week by far against the Jaguars, so he could be in with another good week. My worry is that Mayfield has only thrown for more than 20 completions three times this season. So that last week seemed like a little bit of an outlier. So who I like instead is the Raiders having a bounce back week against the Jets, who are sixth worst against wide receivers. Now, Hunter Renfro tied his highest target share in the game last week. Nelson Aguilar has proven to be a well-favoured target with 15 targets in his last two games. Ruggs and Edwards don't seem to be getting a look in and the veterans seem to be getting favoured. But uh, I've got to say, it's great competition that that is happening in that wide receiver group. Yeah, start of the season, Ruggs seemed to be getting a lot of the work. But I think as the season's gone on, Carr's obviously kind of needed a a reliable source to just go, right, now. I'm going to give it to you. So yeah, maybe the veterans are getting that nod just with Carr feeling confident, passing it to them instead of the uh, younger players in the team. I think so. Right, on to points to tight ends. Falcons are still top. Uh, the Browns are sat in second place at the moment, but it is very close now between the top six. Less than a point separates them all, and the top three have a difference of 0.18 of a fantasy point, so that's pretty close. Uh, with Taysom Hill in the driving seat for the Saints, I don't fancy them to score against the Falcons. I would like to go with uh, Titans, Titans against the Browns, but the targets for Smith and Ferks are, are inconsistent and don't produce many yards. I do like TJ Hawkinson's matchup with the Bears as they have given him a, a consistent level of targets and Chicago seem to be strangely weak at this position in comparison. The Bears have conceded the third uh, most fancy points on average to tight ends, but the second least on average to wide receivers. Yeah, it's strange. The, the Bears situation is they seem to be really strong against uh, running backs and wide receivers, but for some reason, really weak against tight ends, which is why I think Hawkinson has got a good chance of, of doing something in this game. Speaking of TJ Hawkinson, we can talk about him now. Um, so the the record that he got last week, he started really well, really early often the Thanksgiving game. He got eight targets, five receptions for 89 yards, which comes out as 13.9 PPR points. I actually really liked his output in that game. He did really well. So this week, my new player, he has the highest target share in his position for the team. He has scored touchdowns in several games and one game with multiple touchdowns. He has seen five targets or more in five of 11 games and has scored touchdowns in four of those five games. He is only one of eight players who has seen an average of three completions per game and he has caught over 80% of his targets. Not only that, he has taken over the reins of another player who was well liked by his quarterback. Hmm. Tough one, this. Is it, uh, I'm guessing if he's taken over another player that's well liked by his quarterback, he was a youngster on the team? I don't, I wouldn't say he's, he is particularly young, but he has taken over from a veteran. Hey. Now you see, he's saying that now. I was thinking maybe one of the Steelers receivers, but now that you've said that, is no. Go on then. Who is it? It is Robert Tunyon. Ah, fair enough. Yeah, so um, last night I put up a, a tweet about eight players who had seen an average of three completions per game, 
So that's over 36 completions for 12 games uh, and have caught over 80% of the targets. And Robert Tunyon has caught 88.1% of his targets. And that is 37 of 42, which is not really what you would expect for for a player that but he's actually ranking in the top five of tight ends for this season it's pretty good i didn't didn't know that i was uh one of his salons is I, I like this just for bringing these these players to my attention so thank you <laughs> that's okay talking about my player though from last week ouch so i had uh michael pittman well the titans d did one over on the colts and nothing really happened in this game for pittman he had nine targets and only caught two of them, which is not good. Uh, he went. He did go 28 yards with those, so that makes his stats sound good if you put him as 14 yards per reception. But when you only have two receptions, that's just pants. So. <laughs> Enough of that one. We'll uh, go on to this week anyway. My new player. Player is only getting the workload as the main man has been out to COVID reserve. However, last week he got 71% snap share. His last game was against a good D, and he still managed to have 16 attempts for 60 yards, but had a nice pickup of four targets, three receptions for 33 yards. The next game will be up against another tough D, and even if the main man is back, he won't have practiced for a while, so I expect his share to be higher again. It's not been a strong year for rushing this season in this offense, but every now and then they have a game that falls nicely for it. But the fact that this player has shown his ability in the pass catching, that kind of bodes well for in this offense. Tricky one, this. Because when you said COVID, I thought of J.K. Dobbins and I thought of Jonathan Taylor. And then I thought about the players who have taken over in their position. So Gus Edwards was the Baltimore back last week. However, they're playing the Cowboys who aren't really known for being a strong defence. So I can't really say it's him. And I don't think Naheem Hines and Jordan Wilkinson, uh, Jordan Wilkins got as as many carriers as 16. So I'm a little bit stumped with this one. Who is it, Pitsy? So you were almost there with talking about the Ravens game, but you were on the wrong offence. Right. So it's Benny Snow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think with, obviously, as a Steelers fan, I kind of take a bit more interest in their offence, but I've, I really, I quite enjoyed watching Snell last week against the Ravens. I say last week; it was literally a couple of days ago. <laughs> and yeah, it was a tough day, and he only he didn't get he didn't kind of go off. He he only got sixty yards, and but his reception targets and getting thirty three yards. I think he averaged what was that eleven yards per catch, isn't it? So that for Ben, for Big Ben being able to kind of dump the ball off and know that he's going to get some yards as well, I think is a huge thing. And going forwards, that potentially could eat into Connor's workload because obviously, like I said, Connor's coming back from COVID. He won't have practiced for over a week. So yeah, be interesting to see how they come back. Yes, again, this week they've got a Washington D that is tough. They're playing tough. Um, But yeah, one to watch that. I did actually really like Snell last season. Um, unfortunately, he, he kind of got lost in that backfield again, like with with Connor and Samuels. Um, but when Snell got the ball, I was I was quite impressed with what he did uh, last year. So it's it's nice to see that he, he's continuing that really good form whenever he's got the chance to do it. Yeah, he's moved he's moved up the depth chart. He's kind of taken Samuels back up lead role, hasn't he? To to Connor, I like him. I think he, he looked. There was times when he looked really good in the Ravens game. Obviously, there was times where he was shut down and he didn't go very far. But um, yeah, like I say, one to watch. One to watch. Right, Rob, we're finishing as always on your Friday fade. Who did you have last week? There was two that I I went between last week, and there were there were two that I chose because of whether or not they were going to be available. So I chose Raheem Mostert and Adam Thielen. It was actually going to be Adam Thielen who was my main choice. 
He ended up not playing because of his COVID designation, as we saw in the video. Um, but most it did come back to play. And he did find the end zone with a sweeping outside run to the left, but only managed 43 scrimmage yards in total. And his two receptions failed to go anywhere. That does come out as 12.3 PPR points, which was the equivalent of RB24. So not a bad return, but certainly not a good one. Yeah, no, I like Mostert, but like you say, he was coming back. Having not practiced, kind of jumping straight into the offense was going to be a tough ask against the Rams, wasn't it? So, mm, Yeah. Right, who have you chosen this week? So I've gone for another first. I've chosen a quarterback this week, and I've chosen Deshaun Watson. Now, they faced the Colts, who were pounded by the Titans, so I'm feeling that they want to bounce back a little bit. DeForest Buckner wasn't available because of a COVID designation, and he may not be back for this fixture, but even without him they will be more of a challenge than the Lions were in the Thanksgiving game last week. Now, the Texans have got multiple issues in various positions now. So we've got Will Fuller. As we know, he has been suspended for the performance-enhancing drug and he won't be featuring uh, again for the rest of the regular season, at least. Kenny Stills was released as well. And that release and the test came at definitely the wrong time. That doesn't leave a lot of talent in the position anymore. This could have been the worst time for Watson to lose his receiver as we, we saw how much of a connection they had in the Thanksgiving game. Fuller actually had the second best completion ratio in the position after Randall Cobb, who unfortunately is out on IR at the moment. And that leaves Brandon Cooks and Kiki Kuti as the remaining wideouts who have seen over five targets. And I think Kuti's only seen nine. That makes it a lot easier for the Colts defenders to cover those who come in and replace them. And the Colts actually rank fifth in interceptions with 12. They're averaging one a game at the moment. Now, David Johnson could be back. Duke Johnson and CJ Prosize remain as the starting running backs. And aside from last week, they haven't performed well. Jordan Akins and Darren Fells have also been inconsistent tight end at the best of times. All in all, that isn't great news, um, especially when they face the Colts, who in terms of fantasy points rank third best against quarterbacks sixth best against wide receivers and fourth best against tight ends. So Deshaun will need to make something happen for himself if he's to succeed in this game, because those are just a few reasons why he's my week 13 fade. I kind of like it and I kind of don't. It's one of those weird ones. Deshaun Watson, of all the players, I can, you kind of, he's one of those quarterbacks that if anything's going to be made, he's going to be able to do it. He's just, he's just got some sort of type of magic that just lets him kind of escape things. But as you say, the, Wide receivers that he's got to pass to now are uh, not quite as good as they used to be. Tough one, but I think, like I said, I think it's why I quite like it, even though it's uh, Deshaun, I think, yeah. Well, you've got to be bold. This this is why I choose these bold choices. And like I say, if anyone's going to make it happen, it has to be Deshaun in this game because of players around him. Yeah, no, I like that. Cool. Right, Russian Nation, that wraps up our Friday regular season edition of Fast Action Friday. Uh, Best of luck to everyone as we hit this important week. May all your players do well, unless you're facing me in a league and I still need to qualify. Uh, As normal, keep looking for articles by our talented writing team on 5adrush.co.uk. Keep an eye out on our Facebook posts and our tweets from at 5adrush. You can find me at Pitsy NFL and Rob at Five Yard Rob. So join us for the first postseason Fast Action Friday next week. And until next time, keep rushing.
HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.